0: Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Cura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. So first of all, we will be in the context of an IT implementation. So what does that mean? It means that we have two companies. One is the client company. The other is the IT consulting company implementing the new software. And I'm going to take the example of uh, the SAP software because it is the world that I know more. And I'm going to do the episode according to how we usually implement SAP with the Activate methodology. But first of all, the title of the episode, or at least the topic of the episode, is offshore delivery model. So offshore is the opposite of onshore. So basically what we mean, we are not talking about whether or not you're at the beach or at the sea. (laughs) But we are mentioning that when we talk about work that is done onshore, it means that it's work that is done on site. Or at least in the same time zone, in the same city, the same country as the client. However, when we talk about offshore, it means the resources, the people that are working on the project for the consulting company are not on site, but there is also the factor that those persons certainly work in a different time zone, different country, and very often different continents as the client. So the work is done completely remotely. And of course, since the pandemic has started, doing offshore work almost become the norm. So my explanation will certainly be very relevant for a pre-COVID world, but in the world of big IT implementations, there is still a lot of work that has to be done on-site, a lot of meetings that have to be done sometimes on-site, and also clients. Even if you don't have to go on site, they still prefer to know that the consultant they are working with is working at least in the same time zone as them. So this presentation of this episode will still be very relevant for today's world. So let's start and let's say that uh, we are uh, trying to do an implementation of the SAP software and the client is based in Montreal, Canada. And the consulting company has also resources that are uh, on site and resources that are offshore. So those resources coming to Montreal are more resources that are doing the project, the management of the project, the team leads, and also resources that are what we call functional consultants or consultants that are actually doing, analyzing the business requirements and trying to translate them into a technical solution that has to be implemented in SAP. And for the offshore part, we are talking mostly about developers, so people that are actually working in the programs, and I will elaborate a little bit about what they have have to do during the course of the project, but these are the profile of people that are working offshore is mostly technical people and developers. So as I said, the example that I'm taking here is the hypothetical example is a IT implementation for a firm that is in Canada and that has resources offshore. Those resources offshore are in another country and in another continent and it is India. This is something that is very common in today's world and also you will even notice that when you look at the CEO of a lot of tech companies a lot of them have Indian rules so India really plays a huge role in the uh, IT consulting industry. So if I go through the different phases of an SAP implementation project and what I say right now today in 2022 is valid for the active methodology uh, right now in this year. So when you start a project you first have a kind of uh, assessment discovery so you do discovery a bit about what is the context of the client, what are his, uh, big processes. You don't have to go in uh, in detail. That's not the point of that phase, but this is really a discovery with the client. And I believe as well, it's a two-way discovery, a reciprocal discovery, because the client is also discovering you as a consulting team and consulting company. There, during that period, the offshore resources are not involved at all. Then there is a phase called prepare, where you will start to build a detailed planning of how the project will be implemented, but you also start to pick and choose exactly which processes will be part of the scope of the project, and you are actually building the definition of what has to be implemented across the project. That definition is not necessarily always 100% firm, but let's say that you must have a a good 90% completely firm, like the big requirements need to be uh, completely firm uh, during that phase. And it's also a phase that requires a lot of uh, interaction with the client. Actually, every phase requires a lot of interaction with the client, but in this case, it's better if you are on site or working at least in the same time zone as the client, because the client needs answers very quickly and you as well need answers very quickly to be able to optimally prepare the plan because the plan for the next phase. And there, in that phase, or in the prepare phase, you don't have offshore people involved. Then in the next phase, after having preparing and preparing the scope, basically of the project, you have the phase that is called explore. And explore is really, we talk about detailed workshops that will happen between the consultant and the clients. So the client will tell them, this is what we are doing. This is what we are doing today. And this is what we want to do tomorrow. Or they will only talk about what they would like to do tomorrow and what type of things they would want to improve. During that phase, the, the functional consultant is really more in crucial because he or she is the one that will be working in detail with the client to show them, okay, this is what you can do with standard SAP or these are the limitations that you have with regards to your requirement. Therefore, we'd have to compensate it through different ways. Usually those ways will involve uh, some uh, technical work to be done. So that's where I believe that there is some involvement from offshore, but not an involvement in which they are actually touching the system. It is more an involvement in which maybe a team lead of the offshore team could attend some of the workshops because the outcome of the workshop or the requirement of the client has a pretty important impact on the effort, the size of the team or the skills he or she will need then in her or his offshore team. So this is something that happens during the explore phase. It is not exceptional to see that maybe a team lead or some senior consultant could attend just because it can have a big impact on the following phase. And then the following phase is really the phase in which the work with developers that are located offshore is very important. The next phase is actually separated into small phase. The next phase is the realize. And during the realization, it's a bit separated into phase. The build, what we call building the system, and then testing the system. So when we build the system, what do we mean by that? We have identified what will be out of the box or what will be responded through a standard SAP solutions. So usually that's where configuration is start to be made. We might, to a certain extent, be able to create some data or be able to load some data. And I advise you to listen to one of the previous episodes talking about data migrations and the phases that we have in the process of data migration in an IT implementation. So I won't go too far into talking about data, but here that's where the functional consultant is actually doing some configuration then with the gaps that were identified the functional consultant has to make sure that the developer that is located in another time zone and in our case in india he that the developer has all the information that he or she needs in order to perform their work and in order to provide that information you have to provide a set of instructions that set of instructions is called a functional specifications which is that it's really what i said it's kind of a set of instructions. Those instructions have to be written in a very, very detailed manner. There is a lot of context. You rarely need the exact same functionality all across the company. You might need some functionalities depending on the country of the client company, depending on the language that is used, depending on the type of material that is being purchased or sold, etc. So many things can factor in the set of instructions that you will send to the offshore person. And that's where the added value of the functional consultant is how precise that person will be in the way they write those specifications. But it's not only writing that has to be done, it is also talking. And here, what I want to say here is the fact that when a functional consultant works with a developers, is to always make sure as much as possible to explain verbally with their functional specifications to the person. I believe that it is very important because sometimes there is more or there is some jargon you know there is the the technical jargon but also the client jargon that is getting used but the person that is offshore is not familiar with the whole context of that so even though the person can have all the technical skills the context of the client that person cannot know without being involved so uh, that is something that is very important and the fact that the developer that is offshore needs functional specifications to be able to carry out any work is very important and it actually means that the onboarding of the offshore resources is not necessarily done directly at the start of the realize phase, because depending on the size of the project, the size of the specifications, you need to provide functional consultants with enough time to write all these sets of instructions so that when the developers start on the project, they actually have work to do. <laughs> the moment in which offshore resources are onboarded has very often been a challenge. So there is always that, not always, but there has been very often that that the fact that a lot of offshore resources are being onboarded and the functional consultant still has to write the functional specification. So. Everybody starts to be in a rush to make sure that everybody is busy on the project. Then after those technical specifications are written, of course, there is a back and forth with the consultant. And there is a bit of testing, usually called unit testing, because we are testing just one single piece of the solution without really testing how it will correlate with everything with all the other components. And after that uh, testing is done, we usually do what we call integrated testing. And that is where you are looking at how your successful unit testing is collaborating or how it is collated with the other components of the solution. Does that make sense or do I actually need to change that? I just wanted to go back on what I was saying in terms of making sure that you present the functional specification to the person offshore by providing you with five best practices. Best practices when you work with offshore delivery people. The first one, as I said, it's important to have a back and forth communication, so it's very very important to have a kind of open chat tool and it's important to make yourself available what i mean available of course the taking into account which is my second best practice taking into account the time zone in which the person works so if we're talking about Eastern Canada, something like Toronto, Montreal, and then talking about New Delhi, for example, in India. So right now, if we look at September 2022, which is kind of the end of summer in Canada, there is a time zone difference of nine and a half hour. This is huge. So if you are starting your day in Canada at eight AM for that person in India, it's actually five PM. So it is very important to make sure that you take into account the time zone of the person so that you are optimal when you're actually open and more focused on chatting with the person. So usually what happens is that it will happen pretty early in the day for you, during the morning in Canada, and then it's a bit late in the afternoon, early evening for the person in India. And what you usually try to do is that you try to uh, remove anything that can block the person, you try to provide new information, so update the person if there is anything new that you have written or discovered in the functional specification. So I think that open communication is very important. Emails are always good. Formal meetings are always good. But very often, a lot of things are being said during the chat. That's how you really can unblock someone, make sure that the person has no impediment to the work that they have to do. Another uh, best practice, I've just provided two best practices. So I come back on that one is the fact that you have to present every functional specification, not only because of the person has the technical skills, but also because the person needs context. But also you can work with someone that is pretty experienced and very talented offshore and that person can challenge you. And that person can tell you okay you know you would like to do it this way but i have seen it done another way at another project or with another client etc so that thing needs to be taken into account. That's why the back and forth is so crucial in my opinion. The other best practice that I would advise in the last one is being empathetic and respectful. So when I say empathetic, showing empathy is because the person is usually working under a lot of pressure. They don't have much interaction. They have zero interaction or the interaction is pretty minimal with the client. So it's more difficult for them to have a full picture of the context of the project. So it's normal that the person will come back to ask the same question. And very often the functional consultant also can come back to ask the same question to the client because they don't know the context. So we should show as well that the uh, empathy when we work with uh, offshore people and be respectful. Unfortunately, sometimes I've seen that. How can I say that? Like there is some arrogance maybe because some of the offshore people are not coming from Western countries, etc. So I disagree. I completely disagree with that. For sure, I might be biased because myself and my roots are not in a Western country. But I think we have to treat everybody with respect and see how they can work. Talent comes from everywhere. Hard work can come from everywhere. I believe that uh, it is very important to also respect the person that are working from offshore with us. And I am not done with in terms of the phases. So I was talking about the realized, I was talking about the testing in which there is the unit testing and the integrated testing in which we can always back and forth with the developers in order to uh, fix bugs when we do the testing. And the bug fixing, bugs are usually prioritized. Some bugs are really critical. Some bugs are minimal. and Some bugs are in between. And then we progress with the deploy phase. And the deploy phase in the activate methodology is really making sure that we can go live. And during that phase, offshore is still very involved. As I said, there are usually some bugs on the testing phases that are left. But there is also some system preparation to make sure that everything is there. So, for example, transports, etc. Every transport needs to be there. And sometimes the some transports are part of what offshore has created, so they need to be involved in that deploy phase. And when we go live, hopefully the go live is pretty smooth. But at the very start, and when I say the very start, we have a support period, and that support period can last, depending on the size of the project, can last one month, two months, three months, six weeks. It really depends. But they are also the offshore people are still involved. It might be that sometimes they already reduce the team, but usually the team has pretty much the same size and it's after that period of uh, of run. And So when we go live and support uh, after that period, that period is when uh, the uh, offshore delivery team is uh, being reduced or is completely or could be completely gone as well. But for that, you have to make sure that the skills that the client needs available are there after the go live and support period have been executed. So yes, this is what I wanted to show, what I wanted to say about the offshore uh, delivery model so it is usually a model in which the technical work is done in another time zone in another country than uh, the country of the client and the consulting company but what is important to take into account is that usually those teams are bigger than the functional team so you could have one functional consultant working with two or three technical persons that's also one other aspect and in general is it a model that is successful or not i believe that in general it is long term it is successful because as i said is coming from everywhere and also in terms of occupying office spaces etc you don't necessarily need absolutely everybody that is working on the project to be on site and we can see that today with the pandemic anyway. So uh, I believe that it is a uh, still a successful model overall, but it comes also with its challenges. And maybe I will do another episode talking about those challenges. But the main challenges that I have seen in the past is exactly challenge that you can see also with functional consultants. So sometimes when the person is more junior and is asked to do complex development or even simple development without too much guidance, without having enough interaction either with his or her team offshore, but also with the functional consultant, that's when there is can be a lot of. Uh, Misunderstanding. The other one is also making sure that everybody understands what done means. So when a deliverable is done, what does that mean? That's something that can also lead to a project failure ultimately, because between the functional consultant and the technical consultant, they did not really communicate clearly. Another thing is also to always decide to take the resources that maybe is cost less to do the work against a resource that might cost more, but will eventually deliver more and avoid rework, etc. So it's really a balance to take into account, and that's an important challenge for the future. I believe that some of the best project managers, etc., will be the ones that understand where that balance is. When do I need to take someone that is maybe offshore or someone that is onshore? That is a very important, uh, that would be a very important skill. For For now and for the future. So I hope that uh, you have uh, had right now a good understanding of what is the offshore delivery model and what type of deliverables are the people working offshore working on and also who they are working with and what type of impact they have when we are talking about information technology implementations. This was Diorgen Tirandekura from the Consulting Lifestyle. Don't hesitate to let me know uh, what you have learned from this episode and also what you think about those best practices and also the challenges that can happen when we work with on an offshore delivery model basis. So thank you very much. And let's be together again for the next episode next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host, Diogen Tirane de